Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, episode 99, Christmas. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. This is Dr. Don Bevanley helping you heal your family legacy. Well, today I'd like to start out by saying, well, Happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, uh, you know, Happy Kwanzaa, you know, everybody's got some kind of holiday um, going on this month where people kind of stop what they're doing, they, you know, sometimes buy gifts they have special rituals that they do and because i grew up mormon you know christmas was our holiday and that's what i know most about i know things about hanukkah i know things about kwanzaa but that's not you know i'm not an expert at that and after 72 years i am now an expert at i think i'm an expert at christmas so um, that and the fact that I was and still am a therapist, um, that idea about uh, retiring didn't go so well when I did it the first day of the pandemic. So as it turned out, I'm still working and I actually enjoy it anyway, part time. Um, so but I am pretty good at, at Christmas. Um, I have noticed over the last 50 years of being a therapist or so, that Christmas brings some um, specific kinds of challenges for people. I, you know, I've talked about how to survive holidays a lot. I just, I did one last month on Thanksgiving and uh, I might, I think I'll repeat that a little bit for Christmas because you know, it's a, It's like we have expectations of holidays, and that's really where the issues come up, where, you know, you might think, wow, you know, it's such a joyous time of year. Why are you so busy? Well, the reason I'm so busy is because our culture and the expectation that our culture puts on Christmas is not just ours. I mean, it's like any Christian, uh, uh, more Christian-laden uh, culture is, you know, and even if even if you aren't into being a Christian, but you enjoy Merry Christmas and you enjoy Happy Holidays and you do all the things anyway, there's still an expectation that it's all going to be joyful and happy and our Christmas dreams will be fulfilled. Or, you know, if they aren't Christmas dreams, they're dreams and hopes for our lives that we have an expectation that this year will be the year that the big expectation um, will occur. And, you know, I have to admit that I've never done this before, honest. <laughs> but I will admit that this year, um, probably because 
it's been so freaking cold where I live. I mean, we're talking <laughs> teens, single digits, wind chill. And I, you know, yes, I even go, I go snowshoeing. I go outside. I go for walks. I go do all these things anyway. But on days when I just, there's no way I'm going to go out there and freeze my lungs. Okay. That's, that's kind of like the bottom line for me. If I'm going to freeze my lungs, I'm inside. Um, but so I'm, I kind of went off track there a little bit. Um, so I've watched some of these Christmas movies like that are on Hallmark and Lifetime and Prime and Netflix. I mean, we are being inundated with these Christmas movies that are just, <laughs> they're, they're interesting. Okay. Um, they'll pretty much have the same thing, theme going on. And that is that everybody's Christmas dreams will come true. Everybody's non-Christmas dreams will come true. You will finally find the one that you want to have for the rest of your life. And now all of those movies pretty much end with uh, people <clears throat> having these long drawn out kisses and the, you know, the camera pans out and there they are with everybody looking so happy at them. And it's uh, always so far have seen the snow falling and now the snow is starting to fall and you know, the lights are there and people have made all the right decisions. And so everybody's happy. And even though I find these interesting, um, I also find them kind of calming, <laughs> weirdly. But I know that people watch these and it just, I mean, you can get these 24-7, okay? So you can watch these and escape into some kind of fantasy world and maybe start believing that that's, you know, now we've raised, we've raised the ceiling of what can happen for us. Kind of like the sky's the limit at Christmas. Now, you know, I have had many Christmases in my life I because, well, I'm 72, and so I've actually had 72 Christmases. The first one, I'm sure, wasn't too pleasant. I was in some kind of a weird situation where I was trying to survive as a, as a premature infant in 1950. Um, but, you know, and I don't really have memories of Christmases, and I I kind of think that because my siblings don't have memories of very many Christmases, that they were probably lean at best. Um, but I do have some memories of Christmases, and you know, I remember what I remember being a young person was this is you know it's like. This is going to be it. This is going to be the year that my family is really happy to see me come, quote, come home for Christmas. And, you know, 
when, when I think about that, I realize that that never happened. <laughs> um, I think that initially when I would quote, come home for Christmas, my mother was kind of happy to see me. I mean, she was happy to see me initially. And then it was almost like reality set in. And she remembered that I was the problem child in the family and wondered what was going to happen this year. I never really caused a problem, but that that was my role in the family. I remember um, having a Christmas where my son, who was about, oh, four or five at the time, and <laughs> this was kind of an amusing I'm just reminiscing right now. This is, was kind of an amusing uh, thing that happened at my parents' house at Christmas. There were all kinds of family around. And my, this was my son's first Christmas with my family. And uh, I got him one of those laser guns. Now he's, you know, in his mid-30s. So these were one of those laser guns that lit up. And they, you know, they had... Uh, lights and they had noises and all this and he was he opened that up and he'd never gotten a gun because I don't really care for them and you know we actually had somebody in our family one child killed another child with a gun so that just doesn't work for us um, but I got him this because he was walking around rolling up newspapers aiming them and saying bang, bang, bang. So I thought this was probably the least problematic. Anyway, that's another story. And so, you know, he got this gun, he opened it up, you know, and he was so happy. And what he said in this large Mormon family get together was, holy shit, mom. <laughs> yeah, that went over really big. I laughed my head off, you know, and I have it on video so I can laugh at it many times but you know that was one of those happy moments where I saw my and it wasn't just about him saying that and everybody go oh no you know it's more seeing the joy on his face and and his not really caring about what everyone else was thinking which was the beginning of having boundaries and that made me really happy um so, you know, I have a few of those, and most of them involve my child. And and so, you know, growing up with, you know, in my situation, um, I don't remember those myself. But having a child, you know, I, I tried to manage that a little bit. And sometimes I think that parents just try and like overdo what they haven't been able to do at Christmas. Um, <clears throat> like, do you really need to get your kid a car for Christmas? That's probably not going to be great. I remember, you know, some of the, some of the, and, and this is hugely judgmental. I understand that. I remember that um, in, Scott Peck's book, um, People of the Lie, he described a situation where 
you know, so this just goes to sometimes I, I just don't understand where parents are coming from with Christmas gifts for their kids. But he described how a family, and I won't do the whole story, but you can read the book. It's one of the best books I've ever read in my life. It's called People of the Lie. Um, but in this book, he describes how a, a parents gave their young teenage son uh, a gun for Christmas, which turned out to be their other son, their older son's suicide weapon. So, you know, this boy had already, you know, their, their older son had committed suicide with a gun that they gave him for his birthday. And after he committed suicide, they gave it to their younger son for Christmas and wondered why the son went into deep depression. And that's how Dr. Peck got involved. But um, so they, they essentially gave their son the suicide weapon for Christmas. And their position was, well, it had only been used once. So it was a perfectly good weapon. Okay, well, I'm glad that Dr. Peck was called in on that situation. Um, because he, you know, one of the reasons I really liked him was that he was, he was one of the first and probably only, uh, professional psychiatrists in the world to ever identify evil as a mental illness and that it really did exist. And, you know, you had to read the book if you're interested. But anyway, so I look at that and go, what are you thinking here, man? <laughs> um, so if you're trying to make up for all the time you didn't spend with your child or, you know, the, the times you hurt your child or, you know, it's like you're trying to make up for all that. Let me remind you what I talked about when I first started this podcast about childhood trauma. And that is that what your child really wants more than anything else, and I'm talking about young children now, okay, uh, up to maybe 10 or 11, they want your time and attention. And then after that, they still want it, but they want it in a different way, okay? Remember, if you remember being a teenager, it's about trying to figure out, am I an adult or am I a kid? And what does it mean if I'm going to be on my own someday? <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, who's going to wake me up for going to school or whatever? I mean, that's a horrifying reality that and it usually happens in your teens when you realize that, oh, wait, I'm not a baby anymore. I'm not a little kid anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do when I leave and how am I going to manage and all those big questions that come up for teenagers, their time, you know, time and attention for them looks different than time and attention for little kids. And when you start out uh, with your little kid saying, oh, this is the year of Santa Claus going to bring you everything you want, or if there's no Santa Claus, we will give you whatever you want. That's probably not going to go so well for you. And it certainly isn't a good way to help your child learn about how to manage themselves at this holiday time. Now, I will tell you as a therapist that I have an increase 
in people wanting to see me before Christmas, not necessarily before Thanksgiving, although that does happen sometimes. But before Christmas, I generally have more people trying to get in to see me. And, you know, they aren't thinking about, oh, well, this Christmas, we're going to do this. It's like most of them say they aren't talking about Christmas at all. They're talking about, you know, it's like they've got depression going on and, you know, they have, you know, their issues are up. And, you know, when I try and help them understand that there is a stress scale, okay? And, you know, this is a scale that was devised for people in mental health that goes from zero to 100. Um, and, there, you know, each number has a stressor by it. And, for instance, uh, 100 would be the death of a child, okay? That's usually at the top. Um, a divorce would be in the... 80s or 90s, you know, the loss of a parent would be, you know, a 90 and, you know, in the 90s, unless the parent is older, you know, the loss of a job, these all kinds. Well, Christmas is on this stress scale. All right. It's, you you know, it's like it's anywhere between 12 and 25 points. So, you know, it's like, having to work a lot of overtime, uh, having a job change, having a new child in the family, uh, having a kid go off to college, having a parent decide to go out into the workforce. There are so many stressors and we all have them, okay? Health issues. Um, now, coming back from vacation, uh, you know, these are all stressors, all right? So we all have them, and at any given day, you can go on and look up the stress scale. You can probably identify what your what your uh, stress level is uh, based on the numbers, right? Well, add twenty five or twelve to that right now, and you'll know that okay, the closer I am to that hundred or one hundred and fifty the more danger I'm actually in, and I know that I am really stressed out. That's true for everyone. Everyone has that leap at Christmas time, okay? It's like, A, people tend to overspend. People tend to buy, you know, it's like buy extravagant gifts because, they you know, it's like, well, for one thing, we, we get them thrown at us in advertising, but people tend to overextend themselves at Christmas. Um, and they know they're doing it, but they, they think this is the year that I'm going to let people know how much I care or my kid's going to be so happy. And, you know, and it's like we have these expectations about what Christmas means. What I would like to suggest is that you don't have to throw these out the window. Just get real, okay? That means don't overextend yourself. If there's one thing I think that happened during the pandemic that really addressed this, and even though people wanted to get out and travel and wanted to go out shopping and wanted to do all the things that we do at Christmas time, we couldn't do it. 
we couldn't do it. It was too risky. Now, some people still did it, of course. And, you know, even in my family of origin, after Christmas was over, there was a spike in COVID that first year. Like, okay, well, that probably wasn't the best idea. But there was a spike in COVID because people still tended to go and do the things that, you know, they really wanted to do. That's how strong the draw is to go and get together with family and get together with friends. And that's all fine as long as you understand what the expectations are. Now, your expectations, all right? So like when I would go home for Christmas, my expectations was that everybody would be so happy to see me. They weren't happy to see me. Like I said, my mother was for maybe, you know, 15 or 20 minutes. And then it was like it hit her that the problem child was home. So, so if you get real about it, you can say, well, okay, it, you know, it's like, I really want to see these people. They mean a lot to me without the expectations that they're going to be so happy to see me. And, you know, it's like, maybe if you have many children, people are always happy to see James. He was kind of anomaly in our family and people were always interested in him and happy to see him. And he is a lovable guy. I got to tell you, people do like him and they are happy to see him and they are always curious about his life. So when he would go there, it was there was always a party for him. <laughs> so, you know, it's like he loved going there. But yeah, I accompanied him and, you know, when that would happen and, um, so it was kind of like a mixed bag for me. I was happy to see him happy. Um, but one of the things, uh, back to, you know, the pandemic, one of the things that happened with the pandemic was that people couldn't go do these things. So the focus was just on your family, your immediate family, and your close friends. And people were not, you know, like not overdosing on shopping. Well, they probably got something, some things on Amazon. I know I did. Um, but you couldn't go out and get the big, like, go out and buy this and that. And a lot of stores weren't, you know, like they didn't do well. And I was sad about that. But I was really, I had a lot of joy <laughs> watching people not overdo and overextend and over, you know, have these, re, you know, these huge expectations about what the holiday would be like for them because they couldn't. And, you know, I, well, when I would ask, well, how was your Christmas? Well, we just kind of had a quiet time. We had presents and, you know, we had a nice family dinner and all that. And it's like, gee, that sounds good. Well, we really wanted to travel and travel's back. Okay. So, you know, and I've seen it when on the TV when they talk about traveling at holidays, make sure that you give yourself a lot of time, make sure that you know where you're going, make sure that you know what's going to happen. It's like it all has to do with expectations. So what I would suggest is that, you know, think about your expectations. Are you giving that gift because you want somebody to be really happy? Are you giving that gift because you're making up for what you haven't done? Uh, are you thinking that the more expensive gift you give, the better 
you are or the better you will seem? How about when you go to the family of origin? Okay, remember, you're going back to the scene of the crime if you've had childhood trauma. You're going back to the scene of the crime. You've already got 25 points on the Christmas scale or 12, 12 or 25, depending on other things. But it's like you've already got your your regular stress level. You've already added 12 to that. And now you're going to go back and, and think that you're going to have a, you know, a warm, wonderful Hallmark Christmas with at the scene of the crime with your primary offenders. Get real. Okay? You've got to take care of yourself around this. We, you know, if we had better boundaries, we would look at those ads to try and make us buy things and go, isn't it interesting in our mind? Okay, these... If you're saying, isn't it interesting, make sure that's happening only in your mind. Isn't it interesting that these people try and get me to buy a new truck for somebody I care about at Christmas? Or buy this or buy that at Christmas. Or, you know, go here or go there if you really want to have a good time. And you would say, gee, isn't it interesting that they always try and manipulate me? As I'm not feeling like I want to be manipulated this year. I think I'll get real. I think I'll have a budget. I think I'll decide, do I really want to deal with travel when the whole rest of the world is dealing, is traveling? Do I, is this the year I really want to, you know, do this? How about say I want to go for a ski vacation? Do I really want to do that at Christmas? Let's say you have kids and you think, well, you know, if we're going to have a ski vacation, we've got to do it at Christmas because that's when they're skiing. Yeah, that's when school's out. Say, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, make sure that I have a place to stay. I make sure I have wheels. I make sure I look at the weather report to make sure I can get back. Okay. And make sure I can afford it. Because if I can't, and I'm doing this, anyway, I will resent it later on. When I'm trying to pay bills or, you know, buy groceries or, you know, it's like, and I'm, you know, hundreds or thousands of dollars in debt now. I might feel resentful about that because people haven't appreciated it enough. And that goes along with those expectations again, right? So if I'm giving something, I'm giving it, it's a gift, we're done. You do with it what you want. You have fun or you don't have fun. Not on me. I'm not giving it because, you know, I really need you to appreciate it a lot. I need for you to appreciate it on a scale of 1 to 10. I need at least 8 or 9 or 10. Because they may or may not appreciate it. They may or may not think it's a great thing. That's what, you know, if you can do this without expectations, without expectations and 
you know, without hurting yourself, if you can do this without putting yourself at risk, I mean, ridiculous risk, I, you know, it's like everything's a risk, but putting yourself out there so far that if your expectations aren't met, you'll feel anger, resentment, pain, sadness, shame, you name it, rather than you feel joy at having done it. That's really a key. If you feel joy having done it, and that's all there is, then you probably will be all right. But I think, you know, you think about why am I doing this? Is it giving me joy to do this? Then go ahead and do it. But remember, resentments will kill you. And you don't want to have any, you know, wrapped up in nice bows for you. Okay? Resentments, just to remind you, is like when you drink poison and you expect someone else to die. They will kill you. So, if you're going to do it, do it with joy. If you're going to buy it, buy it with joy. If you're going to give it, give it with joy. And so, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, all those other, you know, that I'm not as familiar with. But I hope you have a nice one. See you in the new year. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2022, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.